Do you struggle with negative thoughts and emotions that sometimes sabotage your progress to the goals that you're trying to achieve in your life? If the answer is yes, then you wouldn't be alone. I would be included in that. And I'll tell you what, it's one of the most common challenges that my clients face, the ones who end up signing up to work with me either personally or in my group. There is two types of people who we end up working with. It's the people who need the guidance on the specifics of what to do to take their health to the next level to lose, you know, in between 20 and 30 pounds in 12 weeks. And then there's the people who need that, but also need help navigating the negative thoughts, the negative emotions, the negative feelings, the negative self-talk that comes up along the way. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to share something personally that I've been struggling with as well, because we're all kind of the same. We're all kind of in the same boat. No matter if someone does a podcast, if they've got a huge following like Tony Robbins, someone you've never heard of before, we're all human beings. We're all struggling with the same challenges that all human beings struggle with. So what is up, my friend? I'm health expert, Ted Rice, coach to entrepreneurs, executives, and other high-performing professionals. And you're listening to the Legendary Life Podcast. What we say we do here is we break down science-based information on how to lose fat, prevent disease, and live a longer, healthier, legendary life. But on Fridays, we take a different approach. We have a conversation, just you and I, and we talk about real stuff. We talk about below the tactics, below the science, the emotional stuff, the things that we all go through. So if you like what you're hearing so far, and if you enjoy the podcast, make sure that you subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you've been listening for a while and you haven't left us a review yet, it is the highest compliment you can pay to me, to the show, and to the team of people who bring you these episodes every single week. So again, if you've been listening for a while and you haven't left us a review, please do that on wherever you listen to podcasts. So let me tell you about what I've been up to for the past week. I've been getting my advanced open water certification for scuba diving, and I finally finished it yesterday. And I got to tell you, it was a rough experience. So I've been doing some diving here Mexico, this area of Mexico, the Yucatan, Yucatan Peninsula, the Yucatan, (laughs) maybe that's how you say it. So the Yucatan Peninsula, it's got some great diving. And let me tell you a little bit about what I've been doing. So I've been diving in underground caverns with very little light, with different mixtures of salt water and fresh water that make it very difficult to see at times. I've done some diving with bull sharks. I've done some diving. I'll tell you more about that in case you're interested. But I've done some diving on the reefs of Cozumel, one of the best reefs in the world. And through all this, I was getting my certification. So not only was I diving to see the sites, to experience the new underwater environments, the reefs, the shipwrecks, but I was also doing it with a purpose. I had to meet some requirements so I got my cert, so I would get my certification. 
And let me tell you how the first day went. So the first day I went and dove a shipwreck. And then the second dive was the bull sharks. So I get on the boat and it's this little boat. There's no bathroom on it. And I'm a, I got to be honest. I, I mean, you know, some people think I'm a super tough guy. And in some ways that's true, but I'm just like everybody else. I have some things that I excel in, some things that I don't excel in. So I like comfort. I get seasick really easily. I like big boats. I like bathrooms. I like a place to sit down and eat a nice lunch, right? I'm soft in that way. And I get on this small boat. I walk out into the ocean. We arrive on the beach in Playa del Carmen. The boat is just maybe 30 feet or more, maybe more like 20 feet from the shore. And we walk out into the water, carrying our scuba gear on our shoulder and unload it into this little boat as my group begins to climb on. And as with most beaches, there's the waves on the beach and not super big waves, but enough to I was sitting on the boat, this little boat, and it was jerking, going back and forth. And I almost took some dram in me, but I asked, how, how long is the boat ride to the dive area? And they said, oh, it's only about 15 minutes and it's quite flat on the ocean today. So I said, all right, no problem. I, I don't need the dram in me, you know. But what I didn't realize is we were going to be on the shore or on right off the, the ocean, right off the beach. And the boat's getting jerked back and forth and side to side. And I'm, I'm really starting to feel sick. And the people who we're waiting for are running late. And so we spent about 30 minutes sitting in this boat getting rocked all over the place. And again, it wasn't violent, but it was enough to really make it a miserable ride. So then we start off, I'm already sick, right? <laughs> I'm already... I'm already like, oh my gosh, I could be in bed right now, but it's eight in the morning and I'm on this boat. I ate breakfast and I'm about to throw it up. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I don't think diving is for me. It's a lot of work. You got to carry your stuff and, you know, you get on these boats and the boats are all rocking you all over the place. And I was just having a miserable go at it. And we got to the first dive site the wreck. And this was my deep dive. So I went down 26 meters. Now I I should say this first, uh, when we parked at the dive site on the water, you know, the ocean was rocking the boat, not violently, but I started to smell the, the engine, that boat. I don't know if it's diesel or gasoline or special boat fuel. I have no idea what boats run on, but whatever it is, I started to smell the fumes and I lost it. I threw up in the ocean. All my breakfast was gone and I'm feeling terrible. And now I've got to descend 85 feet or 26 meters under the water and go through this wreck, this shipwreck. And I'm going down and I'm like, oh my God, I don't feel so good. Right. And I'm going through this process and I'm like, oh, you know, diving isn't for me. You know, I'm sick. I hate this. This sucks. Why am I doing this? I could be relaxing. And I finally get down there and I feel disoriented. I feel, I still feel sick to my stomach and I'm a bit disoriented. And my goal, I had a special 
goal in the deep dive, it was to look for exits on the shipwreck and also to look for potential hazards that could cause trouble for me or my fellow divers in the ship. And I did all that. And to be honest, the dive, it was so, it was super cool. I really enjoyed it, but I, I dealt with these negative feelings of being seasick under the water, 85 feet deep, where if I had a crisis, it would be kind of a pain in the ass or even potentially dangerous to surface. You don't just, if, if you don't know much about diving, you can't just surface uh, if you have a problem, you're not, you can't be like, well, um, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm, I'm going to go up now. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be here anymore under the water, 85 feet deep. Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm going to just go up. You know, you guys have a good time, right? And I'll just go up. You can't do that. You have to make safety stops. You can end up with decompression sickness. So not only am I having this shit time right? With uh, the seasickness and, and these negative thoughts going on, but also, um, you know, there's a danger involved. I'm, I can't just go up. I can't leave the situation. And I'm just having to work through it. And I do. And I enjoyed the dive. It was cool to see the wreck. And it was, uh, I've never went, I've never been diving on a wreck before. And I've um, never been diving that deep before either. It's my two first times there. And so we surface. It was, it was fun, but I'm still not feeling great. In fact, when I get up to the surface, um, I did, you don't feel the, the waves under the water. You'll, you'll get some current that will pull you in one direction or another, but you don't feel the waves. So you don't get, you're not going to get seasick. But as soon as I got up to the surface, Again, there I was in the waves and I was just, I threw up whatever else I had in my stomach and it was more violent this time. Sorry if that's uh, TMI or provides a grotesque visual, but just trying to add all the details to tell you what I've been struggling with. So I get back in the boat and I'm still just hating the day. Now the second dive comes. We're going to dive bull sharks this time. So there's a season in Playa del Carmen where bull sharks come. I think it has to do with the change in temperature of the water of where they're usually at. And they come to Playa because, as you probably can guess, the, uh, the weather is much warmer here. The water is much warmer. And the, there's certain areas where the bull sharks go and they feed and divers in this area know that. And so they, they go diving there. And so I'm feeling terrible, have just chummed the water. And now I'm about to do this shark dive. And here's what they, here's what Lucy, my dive master, she gave me kind of a breakdown. She's like, listen, we're going to go diving with these bull sharks you know, they're, they're safe to be with, but they are very dominant animals. In fact, most of the shark attacks that happen, happen that are bull sharks. Most of the, the shark attacks that happen now, of course, that's surfers and people doing spearfishing, not divers. But 
it's, you know, no joke being down there. And they do kind of swim around you and check you out. And so what she said was, listen, if one comes at you, what you do is you make yourself smaller. So, so by the way, when you usually go diving, what you do is you go underneath the water and you hover at a certain depth and you, you don't typically stand on the ocean floor, especially in a reef. There's no place to stand without damaging the coral. And you certainly don't want to do that. But with the way bull shark diving is, you go down and it's actually, there's nothing down there. It's just the ocean floor, just the sand. And what they want you to do is you come down and you kneel on the sand. And so we descend, we go down. And um, as soon as we get down there, we start seeing sharks and it's a bit murky and it's kind of spooky, right? So there's decent visibility, but you don't, maybe 30, 20, 30 feet, you can't see anything. And then, so you see a haze, then all of a sudden a shark appears, right? And these sharks, they're probably seven feet long. They're not small. Their mouths don't look huge. They don't look like they can swallow you whole, which is reassuring, but it's still, they have this vibe, right? It's a shark. It's a predator. It's one of the big predators in the ocean. So they start appearing out of the the murky water and one comes and another comes. And so what you do, as I was saying before, is you get down, you're kneeling. And if one comes at you, what you're supposed to do is kneel down even more. And I said, well, do they attack you? And she said, well, um, and this, of course, this conversation happened before we hopped in, but uh, she said, no, but they'll just come and knock you down right? They'll knock you over. So don't worry about it. Hardly ever happens too. And if it does happen, be very grateful because it's uh, like a once in a lifetime experience. I said, okay, cool. So that conversation was in my mind as we're on the, the sandy floor of the ocean, watching these sharks appear out of the murkier, the murky waters. And I'm just laying on the ground and we're all kind of near each other. We're huddled together, not too close, but a couple feet apart because you want to create uh, a vibe for the sharks. Like, hey, I'm not just some person that you can attack if you want. There's a group of us and, you know, there are strength in numbers. There's truth to that saying, even at the bottom of the ocean when you're confronted with sharks. So these sharks are swimming around. And I'm still sick, by the way. And I'm still, I'm so sick that I'm not even really appreciating like, hey, there's a shark here. There's actually a bunch of sharks. There's five or six sharks. And if one of them felt a bit hungry, they could just come after me. There was only one instance where a shark was coming at me and I'm looking at it. I'm like, is this shark going to change direction or They're just going to come because I can't get any closer to the ocean floor. I'm actually, instead of kneeling at this point, I'm, I got my belly to the, the sand and sure enough, it changes direction. Very interesting, by the way, sharks detect electromagnetic frequencies from us. They also detect vibrations. So the more you move, the more scared you get, they can actually sense that. 
That is not, I don't know, new age woo-woo talk about you know animals. It is actually something that I learned in my biology class many years ago. We were studying uh, you know, different species. So there I am. I'm like, oh man, you know, what just such a crazy experience. Got these sharks. I'm sick on the ocean floor. And um, we stay there for about 25 minutes or so. And as we start to ascend, uh, we start to surface, go up to the surface of the ocean, the sharks actually start coming up. And my guide, my dive master, Lucy, and she had she was with her father. Shout out to Dive Inc. in Playa del Carmen, by the way. I'll link to them. I'm, I'm going to put up some photos soon and I'll link to them on my Instagram. But uh, uh, she grabs me and pulls me back and then starts making bubbles with her regulator, the, the device that you breathe through when you're scuba diving. It's that apparatus that you actually hold in your mouth. And the, the idea is there's no need to like pull out a knife and like stab the shark or do anything like that. You just make these bubbles and it kind of freaks the shark out and they swim away. And that's what happened. Have you heard me claim that my clients lose anywhere from two to four pounds in the first week of being in my coaching program? And let me guess, you probably found that statement hard to believe, but how would you like to try it out for yourself for free? That's what I'm offering for a limited time. Here's how it works. First, give us a review on iTunes. Second, take a screenshot of your review and email it to info at legendarylifepodcast.com. Then my team will send you our Jumpstart Nutrition Protocol, which you can follow for seven days and lose up to three to five pounds. But hurry, this is a limited time offer. Not sure how long we're going to have this offer go on for. So take action today. Start losing those extra pounds that you put on in 2020. Get ready for this new year. And yes, if you've given us a review in the past, send us a screenshot. Happy to send you the Jumpstart protocol as well. For more info, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash review. So that was my exciting bull shark dive. And at the end of the day, we get back up to the surface. We um, go back to shore and it's about noon. And for the rest of the day, I'm just feeling miserable because of all the motion sickness. And it didn't go away. It stayed. And I was just thinking to myself, wow, I don't want to go to the second day. Even though it was cool to see the sharks, it was cool to dive the wreck. But I just, I don't want to have that, those negative feelings again. I don't want to get sick again. But I've already paid my money. I've committed to do it. And I'm certainly, you know, and I know, you know, I just want to stick with it. I need to figure out a way to handle this. And that would be the first lesson, although we're a few minutes into this podcast. But sometimes when we have a negative experience, it's just because you haven't figured out the necessary changes that you need to make. And this happens with my clients. They, I start to ask them to track their nutrition using my fitness pal, tracking what they eat. I ask them to increase their protein. I ask them to do certain things. And at first, it's a real struggle. One of the big struggles is how am I going to eat this much protein? But that challenge presents, or, or that problem rather, presents a challenge, a solvable one. Just like me, 
with the boat, it's, well, what is the real issue that you're having? Well, I'm having trouble with the motion sickness with the boat. Okay, well, there's a solution for that. It's called Dramamine. And it's called taking it when you need to take it and not thinking that, hey, it's a short boat ride. You can get out there and it's no problem. So the second day, I popped the Dramamine and I took it at the right time. And I got on the boat, same sort of thing in the, the, the boat. We, we showed up on the beach in Playa del Carmen. The boat was parked a little ways away and same thing. But this time I got the Dramamine. And as soon as I get on the boat, I'm still seasick from the day before. It's still messing with me because it was that brutal and my, sensitive, my, my system is that sensitive to it. So instead of, and, and I've, I've already taken one Dramamine, I end up taking another 50 milligram tablet of it. And they're saying, oh, wow, you're going to be asleep. And you know what I said? Well, I, it's a trade-off. Would I rather be sleepy or would I rather be chumming the ocean with this morning's breakfast? And for me, I'd rather be sleepy than sick. Oh, it's so terrible. It's like, for me, uh, in case you don't get seasickness, imagine the worst hangover you've ever had. And it's like that, right? Except you don't have any alcohol. There's none of that euphoric experience. And also you're not going to get poisoned to death uh, by seasickness versus alcohol, which can pose other problems other than just getting sick and vomiting. So it's like that. It's like a night where you drank too much and you're throwing up, right? And I still feel like this hangover, this motion sickness hangover. I pop that second Dramamine and we're off to an hour long boat ride to Cozumel, which is an island very close to Playa del Carmen. You've probably heard about it and uh, never been to the actual island. We just went to the reef. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about the reefs, although they were quite beautiful. There's this one reef that just, the first reef that we dove, uh, it just goes down. And my, my dive master, Lucy, was saying, I don't even, we don't even know how deep it actually goes, but hundreds of feet. So we dove that one. We dove another reef, saw, saw all types of sea life. But the big takeaway from today's day was, hey, listen, I can do this. I was uh, uh, One thing I forgot to mention about the first dive is not only was I struggling with all that other stuff, right? The sickness and, um, you know, the disorientation, but I was also like, I'm not that great of a diver. My technique's not that great. And so I'm also struggling with how to move my body in a smooth, effective way underwater on top of all of this. But the second day, I felt much more comfortable. I got better. And also, I took the Dramamine. I found a solution to the problem. So instead of focusing on how sick I was, I could focus on what I was there to do. I was there to get better at diving. I was there to experience this diving spot, which is one of the best in the world. That's what I was there to do. I was there to get that result and I could focus on it better, but I had to go through (laughs) some challenges to do it. And um, the third day was yesterday. Now this episode is going live on Friday, but I'm actually recording it on Tuesday, December 8th. So yesterday on Monday was my last day and I got to do these or was 
forced to do these navigation dives and peak buoyancy dives. So uh, navigation, you've got to use a compass underwater and you do different drills and you get graded on them. And then you have to do some buoyancy drills as well and you get graded on those. So navigation, you use a compass underwater, pretty self-explanatory. But with the buoyancy, you have to control your depth. So when you're diving, if you're like how I used to think, oh, you got to kick with your fins and you got to swim and that's how you move underwater. When in reality, divers who are very skilled, they don't move very much because the more you move, the faster your oxygen goes and the less time you get to spend underwater looking at cool stuff. So what you do instead is you use inhaling, filling up your lungs and exhaling to go up and down. You use your breath to control your motion. It's more about your breath and less about kicking, less about you know using your fins. And you see who the good divers are based on that. Because you'll, again, you'll eat up your oxygen quickly or breathe it up rather, and you won't be left with much time to experience what you're there to do, which is to dive, to see really another world, to experience another world, an alien world almost, although it is part of uh, our world, it's, it's very alien feeling because what you get to see, the whole experience, it's the weightlessness of being underwater, the different creatures. It's just incredible. And so I was doing the navigation dive and my mask was fogging up and I had, I was so pissed off, right? So he briefed me on what to do and I'm struggling with it. I'm not very good with a compass underwater, never really used a compass or was taught how to use one outside of water and then underwater you're like trying to not bump into coral, not you're trying to stay put, you're trying to go in the right direction, you're trying to move your body around, and my mask was fogging up, and you got to hold the compass just right, or else it gives you the wrong information. You have to hold it perfectly level, and it was just so frustrating. Probably like how so many of my clients, when I first get them to use a tracking app to track their nutrition, it's so frustrating. You, you don't do things right and you, you have these negative emotions come up and it gets frustrating. And especially if you have a high standard for yourself, you're like, man, this sucks. I didn't do a good job. My mask was foggy. You know, you, you, all these thoughts start coming up. However, I ended up passing. I did well enough, right? And then the peak buoyancy, I did better on that because um, I've, I've been diving a bunch of times. I've been diving in caverns, uh, which are much tighter spaces. It's not like you're in a big ocean with, where, where you can have a lot of mobility. In the caverns, you don't have a lot of mobility. So my, my buoyancy is a bit better, but still I struggled with it. And then so the next lesson I would say is if you're struggling with perfection, it's not about being perfect. It's about doing your best and it's about putting in the work. And the big lesson that I took away from this whole thing is like, my big lesson was I need to dive more if I want to get better at diving. So that would be the third lesson. It's like, you need to do, there's always going to be negative emotions that come up for you when you're learning something new. You're not going to be good at it. And 
while some people do take to some things, like for example, many of my clients are very successful in their career. It came fairly easy to them. They did well in school. They did well in business. They did well in their career, but then they try something else and you know, you have this success, but then you, and, and you have this aptitude in one area, and then you feel like you're putting on the white belt and you suck at something and it's just frustrating to do it. But if you stick with it, if you go through the negative emotions, if you work through that, what happens is you get better. Now, not all of us will be able to be world-class. We may not even be world-class in anything, right? Well, every single person can get better. Every single person can improve. And beyond just improving, you can improve to a degree where you have a high level of skill, a high level of competency versus someone who maybe might take to the water much faster than you, but they're just starting out. But you've got to work through the ups and downs. You got to know how to navigate those negative emotions as they come up for you. And the the key one there is not to be overwhelmed and give up. If you commit to something, see it through. And that's what I told myself. I'm going to see this through because I wanted to give up, but I paid money for it. I said I wanted to do it. I did want to do it. I wanted to get my advanced certification. I wanted to take it to the next level because now I can dive as deep as you know, I need a special certification to dive deeper than 120 feet, but I can go up to 120 feet. Most dives don't go past 100 unless you're in France. As I was talking to Eric, uh, my dive master's father, uh, who is from France, not France, but France. And he was explaining it's quite normal there to take people very deep. Anyway, So you, but to get to that point, you've got to stay in the game. And so much about life, it's not about, hey, I'm going to win. The winning is staying in the game. It's staying the course, even though you get bumped around a bit, even though you, you know, get very seasick on a boat and throw up and feel terrible and have a bad day. You got to stay in the game and you got to find a way to stay committed uh, to stay in the game and to stay committed to seeing your goals all the way through in spite of the challenges that come up. Because here's the thing, if anything that's worth achieving, it's going to have challenges. It's going to have, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have neutral days. I've had dives where I was like, you know what? Why am I doing this dive right now? This dive isn't that interesting. But then I have other dives after that where it's like, oh my gosh, diving is amazing. So my emotions, the way I feel about diving goes up and down and up and down. And and it isn't something that's completely for me, right? I want to emphasize this, but it's important enough to me to have proficiency in it so that I can go. It's one of the things I want to experience in the world. I want to be able to go to wherever, uh, you know, wherever country exotic location that I show up to, if there's great diving there, I want to be able to take advantage of it if I want, because it's just one of the experiences in life that are just incredible for me, right? For you, maybe you don't care. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's your health. Maybe 
You Maybe you're not that passionate about exercise or eating healthy foods. That's okay. I'm not that passionate about diving. Some people dive and they're like, I'm going to do this every week for the rest of my life. It's I'm going to build my life and my travel schedule all around diving. I don't care about it that much, to be honest. I'm not going to make diving that big a part of my life, at least not how I feel right now. But it's something that's important to me, something that I want to experience and something that I work hard to get better at. Uh, And I faced a lot of challenges, right? And so again, with you, health, fitness, exercise, eating healthy, you might experience some of the challenges in those areas of your life. Managing your emotions, maybe that's where you experience the challenges. Wherever it is, just know that the journey is all, it's, it's okay. It doesn't need to be one of your top 10 or even top five, top three, top five things that you want to do in life. But if it's important to you and you've really checked in with yourself and said, is this something that's important? And if the answer is yes, then it's worth committing to it, even if it's not your most favorite thing to do. Like you probably enjoy eating pizza and ice cream cake and brownies more than kale shakes (laughs) and um, steamed broccoli. That's okay. But if your health is worth it to you because you understand the value in caring for your health and self-care and also preventing diseases that are preventable, like diabetes, high blood pressure, so many things that can be prevented by focusing on your health, it's okay that you don't love it. And it's okay that you struggle with it, but it's also okay you know, to keep forging forward, pressing forward and getting better. And understanding that you're going to have good days and bad and understanding that that's the journey. No problem. So part of this is just keeping things in perspective, really checking in with ourselves, making sure that the things that we're going after in life are truly part of what we want, truly things that we value. And again, diving is something that I value and something I want to do. But again, it's not going to ever be my life. I'm not going to make diving my life and never will. There's too many obstacles for it, but it's still something that's important. So I hope you took a lot away from today's episode. In fact, I would ask you, what is your big takeaway from listening to this story, listening to this journey? What came up for you? Uh, was it that you laughed when you pictured me sick on and on the boat throwing up? Hopefully that isn't your big takeaway, but what is the big takeaway for you? Just trying to make an awkward joke there, folks. But what is the big takeaway for you? And what can you implement? What can you take action on? Is there something that you've been, that you know is important to you, but you're just not so thrilled about it? And you, but you know you should take action on it because it is important to you. What can you do now to take action towards that thing? That's the question that I want to leave you with. That's the question that I want you to answer. Hope you enjoyed this Real Talk Friday. Have an incredible weekend, and I'll speak to you on Monday. Love you, and talk soon.